Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, hey, hey! Happy Fourth of July, y'all! What's going on, T? Hey, Lisa girl, how you doing? Happy Fourth, everybody! We hope you guys had a great, safe, and fun-filled Fourth of July today. Absolutely, it's been a great day. How's your day? Did you cook? Um, I cooked a little bit. You know, we have rain here up in uh, in my area, <laughs> so I had to bring the ribs inside. <laughs> I bet you are, Leash. I can hear it all up in the voice. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I am. I really, really am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all hear it. Y'all hear how she do it, sister, right? Y'all hear it. <laughs> I don't know what you talk about. I don't know. <laughs> We got a great, great show today for you. I know me and T get on here, and we get to chit-chat like we don't talk every day. <laughs> so let's open the I show. Know, right? We This is our fabulous Wednesday special segment. We have a great, great, great opportunity to interview an awesome guy. I don't know mm-hmm. who's seen the um, series of Monogamy, but... I loved it. I'm waiting for the second season, and we have today Kevin Foster, who is one of the writers from that series, so I'm excited because we got lots of questions, lots and lots of questions. (laughs) Absolutely. I was able to see a little bit of it today, Leash. You know, um, I I don't watch a lot of TV, folks. I only get to enjoy the six green when I go visit Leash, so I haven't had a chance to see how I won't see until next week, so obviously it's a little bit after the show, but for those that are just joining us tonight, we welcome you guys, and thanks for spending some time with us on your holiday. 
I hope you enjoyed it, like we said at the top of the show. But just to let you guys know what Lisa and I love doing here on Let's Chat, we love celebrating all walks of life, not just literature. Even though we book bougies, we uh, read it first and foremost, but all walks of life. And tonight we actually have a writer for the screen of my screenplay, uh, uh, the show, Monogamy. I'm all tongue-tied. It must be the fireworks outside. <laughs> but we love doing it the royal way. We allow all our guests and our listeners to interact in the fun, intimate, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is they do. At least tonight's guest, he's taking his pen to the screen. So it's a, it's going to be a little different and exciting. So like you said, we have lots of questions. We want to thank all our new listeners as well as our, our regulars. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Chat tonight. Absolutely. And if you want to be a guest on Let's Chat, just send your request to thechatradioshow at gmail.com. We also love, love, love when we receive independent music. We get a lot of independent music. So if you are an independent artist and you want to sing your music in, send that to thechatradioshow at gmail.com as well. Mm-hmm. We have a great musical library. We play all types of music. Guess and our listeners love it, too. Guess who's, just, guess who's <laughs> here? Blue Marley. Yeah, we're going to get Blue back in the, the in the chat room. He's got music mm. coming, so I'm excited. Yeah, we all, he's a regular in our rotation league. <laughs> yes, we love it. We love it. Well, we appreciate y'all coming to kick it with us. We waiting for him to as we wait for him to step into the chat room, let's play a little music. Let's play that blue Marley. Okay, let's play it. Here we go, Mr. Blue Marley himself. <laughs> Same one, home damage chain is 
up on my Benz truck and my old school. You get the picture, the money, it ain't the issue. Six figures before the rap game, now I'm a little richer, homie. Still a real nigga, yeah. and I do real shit, man. West fucked around with Starship to my whole brick. Down the spring, feel nigga, get it how you live. Real recognized, real and don't pay the fucking bill. Broke niggas on chill, got it on them things in the fast lane. Burning brain, bumping Jake, and I live. I represent no Memphis, motherfucker. And this is how I live, motherfucker. This your boy, you got it. Hey, 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 got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. So that walker blocker got that flame on. Just be jugging with my rich home. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live this life for real.
they need to be pushing the wagon, but you got that one person with their feet up and they just they cruising, they coasting and they riding while everybody else is. That's that one person that's attached themselves to your vision, uh-huh. to your brand, to um, your projects, to your pen, to things that you have going on in hopes that it gets them somewhere. See, they don't even have a vision for themselves. They don't have a direction. They don't know what they want to do, so they're trying to attach somewhere else. But this is the thing. We always talk about somebody um, can sell you um, uh-huh. something. Um, they can sell you a dream. They can sell you uh, an aspiration. They can sell you something that is not yours. It's something uh-huh. that they think. It's, it's the same vice versa. If you attach yourself to somebody's vision, you are saying, I want you to sell me what this is. But the problem with that is once you get sold and you realize it's not really my thing, now you're stuck in a situation that you don't want to be in. I think mm-hmm. that. You don't put all that work people, in it? <laughs> yeah. No, you ain't put no work in. You're just riding along. And I think that people have to have a vision. You have to have a vision. You have to have a purpose. You have to have a direction you want to go into um, because society will make one for you, and it may not be what you want. So you have to be mm-hmm. clear on what it is that you want to do. You want to write, write. You want to sing, sing. If you want to be a bum, be the best bum you could be. But do you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you see that a lot in all walks of life, Lisa. When mm-hmm. people see you doing well, you know, and 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 it could be disguised as as um, they're happy for you, but in deep inside, you know, they want to be you. They want to do what you're doing, and they, like you say, they they attach themselves and, and see how how much and where they can go from your vision, from your desire, from your passion, and um, they may not know, like you say, where to get to because it's not theirs. You know, you know where you're going. They're just going for the ride and what they can get out of it, you know, whatever benefits they can get out of it to, to even push whatever dreams that they may have. But how can you have your own dreams when you're attaching yourself to mine? Exactly. Uh, and even if, not just attaching, even if you are, um, you have the spirit of service. So you're like, I'm helping this person. I'm helping this person get where they want to go. There's a difference between service Mm -hmm. and servitude, right? There's a difference between the two. Mm -hmm. So when you are serving, you're saying, I I see your vision. It's not my vision, but I see your vision, and I see where you're going. I'm going to help you get there. But when you get there, I need to go and do mine. And Mm -hmm. I think it was Iris. uh, Was it Iris? forgot the author we had on, but she said that um, she had, the way she does her team is, I think it was Iris Bowling. She said the way she Mm -hmm. does her team is everybody was working on my vision. And then when I got where I wanted to go, I want to know what their vision is. And then we started working on theirs. And I thought that was, that was like, that's the thing. Like, when you have people that are there for you, when they are pushing you, when it's their turn, you got to fall behind them and push them and get them. Why? Because that's how a team works. Everybody benefits from mm-hmm. the work that's done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to be interested in what I guess I have to say about, you know, how he's experiencing it in his, in his field. 
Absolutely. But see, first we got to get the tea child on this number because it's like the number one, one of the number one series. Everybody is watching monogamy. Everybody is waiting mm-hmm. on season two, so I'm excited to find out how, who, what, when, where, why, child. <laughs> Me too. Just the title alone sparks conversation. It also sparks thought, you know, because unfortunately and for some maybe fortunately, you don't see or experience or even hear a lot about monogamy these days, not like in our grandmama days, you know, um, everybody is out for self and all that they can get for self. So I would love, I'm interested to hear the concept behind this series and uh, what he has gotten from this series as well. And I right. do think we have Mr. Kevin Foster in the chat room, so we're going to go ahead and bring him on in here on Let's Chat. Welcome. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Oh, good. Yes, we can. How's everybody doing today? We are good. We are good. We're excited because folks is wait- Let me tell you, child, folks is waiting on season two. We's waiting. <laughs> and see, this is the thing. Because of the spin y'all put on it, I don't know if it's going to be the same people in season two just doing something different. If they about to bring a whole new different set of folk up in there, I'm like, oh, I'm nervous for season two. I'm like, what's going to happen? So this well, is like... You, you- Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I said, see, we're book bougie here. So, you know, we're readers. And so in a book where they got cliffhangers like that, you you get to thinking, like, what they going to do next? I mean, what's about to happen? I mean, so we over here excited. We excited. We excited. So we got lots of questions for you. Okay. Well, you know, I ain't giving up too much information because we're we're trying to get the season two um, all inked in. Um, the network is going we need some, y'all to get y'all life We need y'all to get y'all life And get that pen <laughs> stroking And make this here happen You know yeah, we, we, You know by leaving the cliffhanger the way we did It kind of forces the network's hand Because the show has been very well received And a lot of people Have been asking us And asking the network Hey what's up with season 2 And um, it's Originally, it seemed like a can't-miss thing, but then, like I said, the network is going through some changes, so um, we have to kind of be patient. But you asked an interesting question. Everyone's asking the same one. Is, is it going to be all the same cast, and, or do you bring in a whole new set of couples? And quite honestly, we have some, some loose ends that we need to tie up. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that, that's kind of a, a pun when you consider episode three had a chair scene in it. But, um, but yeah, it's... It, <laughs> There are some loose ends that we need to we need to kind of you know dot some I's and cross some T's and and really find out what happens with Maggie and Sawyer in particular. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're looking forward to finding out what's going on. We we have we have the direction we want to go with it, and it would involve bringing the cast back, the same cast you saw in season one, so we can you know come to some resolution and and things like that. And when you think about it, we really didn't get to see the original couples with their original spouse as True. much. We learned more about them mm-hmm. with the, with their experimental spouse. So there's a lot of story left to tell. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really intriguing the way it's setting up. It's just I, I can't give too much information it in that regard. Is. Now, for y'all who haven't mm-hmm. seen it, y'all got to get Netflix and go on and see it. Now, Jill Marie Jones from Girlfriends, she paid Tony and Girlfriends. She's Maggie. Now, Sawyer, 
is Blue Kimball. Now, we've had him on the show before, and we actually have him on the show uh, next week, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm excited, but y'all, y'all got to get on there and put some fire on the Netflix. Keep them streams coming. Keep them streams coming. Now, I want to go back. I want to go back to when you guys, the whole idea, because there's three writers on the show. That's correct. Now, how how did the concept of you guys coming together, how did that process for you, Kevin, I mean, for you, Tamika, and Craig coming together and writing this, how did that work? Well, you know, this was originally written by Craig as a feature film. So Craig, it was Chris, like I tell people all the time, it was Craig's baby. Tamika and I are just part of the village that gets to help him raise it. But it's really, it was his idea from the beginning and it was his story and his characters that were developed. Um, we got the full-length feature film script, Tanika and I, and we had to to make it a six-episode series. We had to really try to infuse our personal opinions and our personal spin on each character while still maintaining the integrity of the story. And Craig, to his credit, quite honestly, gave us a lot of um, creative leeway in that regard. I wouldn't have been – I am like a protector, like you would not believe of my script. So um, I, it's hard for me to give up a script and say, okay, change it. But Craig was, was you know, very open to what direction Tamika and I might take it. And it was a really unusual um, – writer's situation. Usually if I'm writing, even if I'm writing for a network like a Hallmark or, or someone like that, they have a format that they want you to stay within, and then you turn in a finished like synopsis or maybe an outline, and they give you notes, and then you continue on with the process until they get their finished product. But with Craig, we had six episodes to do, and he got us all in the writer's room and gave us a storyboard on kind of the plot points. And then we discussed story arc, and we basically kind of developed the characters in, that, in, the, uh, in the writer's room and how, we, and how individually we wanted to take them. And then he goes, okay. And when we broke up from that, he goes, okay, you have episodes three and four. Tamika, you have two and five. And then he wrote one and six. Because one introduces the characters you know, that he created. And six and wraps six, it up. Yeah, and six wraps it up. The, the interesting thing was, aside from me never having written like that before, because we're writing at the same time, I have no idea what direction Tamika's going. She has no idea what direction I'm going. And oh, man. somehow we wound up after the first meeting, we were so in sync, it was a little bizarre. Because her episode two left me a nice transition into my episode three. And Tamika is very, she's very skilled in alliteration and wordplay. And I'm, you know, primarily a comedy and sitcom writer. So this was a drama and bringing me in was a risk. But I was worried that mine would be too loose and lighthearted compared to Craig and Tamika, who can both write really dark, really, you know, visually, you know, adapted scripts. But I couldn't believe how in sync we were in thought on how we wanted the characters to develop. To develop. So by the time it got to my episode three, even though we were writing them simultaneously, you could kind of get a feel that the, the experimental spouses were starting to kind of bond 
So by the time they got to me being a little more lighthearted, um, you kind of believed it because you you know you you could tell that they had been together a while, so they could kind of start to lighten up and be a little more of themselves. But yeah, it was an unusual writing mm-hmm. process. I, it was it was nothing like ever I, like anything I'd ever done before, and it required a lot of trust on Craig's part. Um, and we had these late nights like Skype sessions where we'd you know compare notes and. And things like that. And like I said, I was really surprised at how in sync we were because we finished all our episodes at the same time and we had rewrites at the same time as well. And we all contributed to each other's episodes, but it was not as difficult as, as, as I thought it was going to be. Wow. Now, Kevin, this is Tony. Thanks again for joining us. But for our listeners that may not be familiar with uh, monogamy, can you tell us, tell us and then the premise behind the, the storyline? Absolutely. Um, Monogamy is the story of four couples or eight strangers um, who are at the, literally at the end of their rope in their marriages. And they're looking at divorce. Um, And out of desperation, they choose to become involved in this experiment where they live with an alternative spouse for a few months. And the spouse is actually more like them as individuals, the experimental spouse, because all these couples are opposites. You know, you'll have one guy who's, you know, kind of withdrawn and serious, and his actual wife is very expressive, and their battle is they don't communicate. So they put the communicative one with another expressive communicator with a similar background. And they, so what they're doing is basically they're giving each person what they think they need. And the, the object is mm-hmm. to see if they are better off with someone who's more like them that they identify with or are they actually better off with their original spouse. The other thing is mm-hmm. all of these individuals have a dark secret. They all have something in their past. Even the most normal-looking ones have some issue um, at the core of what's causing their problems, individual problems in their relationships. So by being with someone else who's like them, a lot of that stuff comes out, even some of the things that they don't talk to with their, with their regular spouse. But that's the concept. Uh-huh. It's really a take. It's, a, it's almost, a sci- almost a sci-fi take on is the grass, you know, the grass greener on the other side of the fence. Or could it be greener mm-hmm. on the other side of the fence? Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. correct. Could it be greener? And, and it's one of those things that I think most couples, you know, ask themselves at some point. You know, I, I think you know I've been married 28 years, and you know it's it's you know mine is a success story, but you know even even my marriage has had its issues, and mm-hmm. at some point you might ask yourself. You know, should I have been with a person who is more like this? And it's if you're committed to your relationship, it's not a question you go out and try to answer. Um, you know, you work it out in your household. <laughs> but this situation, first of all, being a fantasy, number two, um, being they were so far at the end of the rope, they were all about to get divorced probably anyway. So this was like a last-ditch effort. The coolest thing about this concept, though, in their case is – they don't realize it, but they were coerced into choosing this experiment. 
there were things placed in their lives and their lifestyles and in their environments within their eyesight and, and things that, that put it on their mind subliminally to when they decided to do it, they were all kind of for it. Because let's face it, you know, swapping partners is not something most normal couples would do. But this uh-huh. was kind of put on their minds kind of subliminally, and it became uh, an acceptable concept for all of them. And they did all learn something about themselves and their relationship. The question is, you know, are they going to stay together? Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. And, and for those that have never seen it, when you start to watch it, there are going to be some couples that you root for that aren't the original married couples. I mean, I, I've seen that a lot where, you know, the, the, the relationship and the bond that the like-minded experimental couples have with each other, people identify with uh-huh. more, you know. But in the end, you've got to find out if what they had was strong enough to keep them together. Uh-huh. Mm. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Um, okay, so I want to go back. Yes. Because you just you do screenwriting. You're like they call you the script doctor. You're a journalist, comedian, romantic comedy is your thing. So yes. when you decided to step into this project, that it wasn't a sitcom. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, something that you were used to. What was going on in your mind that said, "I'm about to do it"? Um, honestly, I was scared to death. <laughs> um, this is this is out of my you know my comfort zone. I, I write primarily, like you said, I write primarily comedy and sitcom. Um, what attracted me to this project, number one, um, it's a relationship drama, and mm-hmm. you know, being married as long as I have. Um, there are a lot of parallels to any relationship that a lot of these couples um, you know, have gone through. Um, also, I have a, you know, a, a cornucopia of friends that I watched you know, suffer through their relationship issues. And so I had a lot of information to draw from. And there's, there's like a small sci-fi element to this that really intrigued me. Um, Karen um, and I, Karen, Karen Wardroff is Craig Ross's wife. And she's an extremely talented actress. In fact, she plays uh, Sensore in the, in the show. And uh-huh, she and I uh-huh. are great, yeah, she and I are great friends. And we've worked on some comedic projects before, but we've had conversations about relationships that get kind of deep. And she was the one who recommended me to her husband because he, you know, he and Tanika, you know, have a working relationship, but mm-hmm. I had never worked with him. And she told him, hey, you need to put him on this project. And he was intrigued by the fact that me being a comedy writer, that I might add some, some, you know, a levity to it, a little lightness that maybe another, you know, really dark, dramatic writer might not have. And, and there are some moments that I think you can tell um, are definitely more me because they are more lighthearted. But the challenge for me was it forced me also to get as dark as they got because – I was responsible for episodes three and four, and there's a couple of scenes in there that I knew I was going to have to write um, because Craig, he throws in what he calls his curveballs where they're like plot twists, and we find out about them as he, as he finds out about them. So it's kind of a surprise to all of us. And um, it was really challenging 
to write like that because I could, I'd have like my episode almost done, and then he'd get he'd call me and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. um, this is this new thing I want to put in." And you're like, "What? Wait, what? Huh? How am I going to squeeze that in? I got 28 <laughs> pages, you know, done, and I oh man, <laughs> and I'd have to you know erase some stuff and edit some stuff and cut down some jokes and do all kinds of things to to squeeze in the thing. But then at the end, it was like, wow, it's so much better. It's so much better, and it helps uh-huh. tell the story, and it adds an element of drama. So, um, yeah, it was a challenging process. It really was. But I was fortunate that uh-huh. Karen actually fought for me with her husband to get me on the project, and I'm glad she did. And I'm glad that he trusted her <laughs> and me, quite honestly. Absolutely. Okay, I got to uh-huh. catch Tony up because Kevin, Tony works at a law firm, and so she don't watch TV unless she comes to my house. So <laughs> Karen worked on the game. Um, she was Derwin's publicist on yeah. on the show The Game okay. that was on BET. Did we watch that, right, T? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. So she yeah. she was the um, publicist on The Game. Okay, I got to get her caught up because there are a lot of um, actresses and actors that we've seen on so many different other shows and in so many different uh, different characters, like Darius McCrary, we know from um, Family Matters. Is it Family exactly. Matters? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was Eddie Winslow. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was Eddie. Yes. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's like to see him go from that to such a serious passionate role um, was awesome. So how did, see, it's hard about to ask questions that we need to ask, Craig. Now, how did they go about picking the cast? Because you guys were really strategic. Well, Phaedra Harris is a casting genius. Um, She worked with with Craig on that. Um, But from what I understand, when I talk to the actors, and there are, there are people in there that there are faces that you recognize immediately. Um, Brian White plays Dallas, and Brian has been on, you know, he's been working forever. He's been on Scandal, mm-hmm, and, um, mm-hmm. all kinds of, you know, um, straight-to-Netflix type films. And he was in, you know, um, I saw him recently. My son and I were watching uh, Mr. 3000, the Bernie Mac movie, baseball movie, and he was like the, the mm-hmm. co-lead in that. Um, and he does plays. He does a lot of gospel plays. Exactly. What you learn is actors of this talent, they're always working. The question is just what are they doing? Right. Um, yeah, uh, Karen has been working since, you know, she was a child actor. So she's been working for forever. And she does everything from, like, slapstick comedy to just crazy, intense drama. Um, and she picks her projects. Mm-hmm. She's very selective as to what she does. Um, the character of DeAndra is um, Christy Ferris. And the first time I saw Christy was on Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, she played she played the lead love interest, his black love interest, not the black dude, the white dude, and she played his love interest mm-hmm. for a, a bunch of episodes. And that was the first time I saw her. Um, and, you know, obviously Darius McCrary, everybody remembers him as Eddie Winslow, you know the 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 teenage son on on Family Matters, the Urkel show, everybody used to call it. Um, but he's done. I mean, I've seen him play Muhammad Ali in a film. I've seen him play gangsters. You know, I've seen him. Husbands, you name it. He's he's done a ton of stuff, but I, I he blew me away in, in, in monogamy. I was not prepared for the, the level of depth that that man has as an actor. Um, Wesley Jonathan uh, plays Carson, and everybody remembers him from Roll Bounce. He was the smooth um, lady killer in, in the movie Roll Bounce, if you remember that one. Um, 
Blue Kibble, you've had on your show. Yes, we, we've had him uh-huh. on before. We love him. Yeah. His personality is everything. And that character, that is just so him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that character, that story arc is, is, is very much like him. I mean, he's, he's a lot deeper than people want to give him credit for. And he's super, super positive. That, that is like one of the easiest guys to get along with in this business that you'll ever run across. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the big surprise for me, too, was um, Vanessa Sinner. Yes. Because she was, she was the unknown commodity for me. I had seen everyone else act, so I knew everybody else had chops. The question was, you know, I, I, and, when I, and when I saw Vanessa was attached to the project, I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, she's rap royalty, and, you know, she's got a ton of Instagram followers. I get it, you know. And then I saw her performance, like, holy crap. She and, was and on I, um, one of the soap operas. For a minute. Yeah, she was on Guiding Light and, and I think a few other things, but I had never seen her act. Mm. And I underestimated her. And 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 I apologize for it if nothing to listen. Uh, because I just thought, <laughs> oh, okay, this will be cool. Everybody else around her is strong enough where, you know, it, it, you know, it should be fine. And then, you know, the character that I wrote, you know, the way I wrote her character was real kind of New York, hard-edged, Rosie Perez-ish, you know, kind of thing where she had, you know, I knew she was an East Coaster, um, and she was an MMA fighter, so I wrote her, you know, and I'm an ex-MMA fighter, so I wrote her kind of hard, mm-hmm. and Vanessa brought, brought this this kind of vulnerability to it and, a, and, a, and a, a sensitivity that I didn't anticipate, and it's, it's one of those pleasant surprises as a writer when, you know, you have the character pictured in your head, and then the actor plays it differently, and you like their portrayal better, you know? She, I really, really enjoyed her um, perform her comedic performance, and and like I said, she added a level of vulnerability to that character that that I didn't see. And and you know, everybody mm-hmm. knows Tony Child, you know. Um, yes, and that was yeah. a different because see, Tony Child, she normally plays really strong, confident women when she yeah. plays her characters. Most of her characters are really strong and confident, but. They always got that little brokenness. And so this yeah. character, her brokenness came out first, though. Even though she yeah. was so so staunch, her brokenness came out first where you can see it. And their chemistry was awesome. It was. Even though it? y'all gave it away, I'm going to just say, y'all gave it away uh, in the beginning. I knew she was going to get pregnant. The five minutes, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, I, I knew it. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a, see. See, here's the thing. You're very intuitive because you have a writer's mindset. Most people were more caught up in, you know, the the fact that couples were swapping and they had to kind of learn each other. You know, you probably picked up very early that, you know, the problem in her marriage revolved around, uh, you know, a pregnancy. So no, it was that. that and the fact that she asked him. Uh, she said something like, bring my baby back or make me a baby or something. I'm like, she's going to get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, and that was, and see, that wasn't in the, the first episode. That was a little later on, you know, when she was starting to open up to it. But, yeah, you, the other thing, too, though, um, you could tell that that was her focal point. That was her, you know, that was her issue. That, 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 that was, was with any woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a pregnancy of any kind is going to drastically affect any woman. Um, you know, not to get political, but it always pisses me off that the the legislation 
that we enact as a country is usually decided by white males, and they're never going to understand that. You know, they ain't got one clue. As, you know what I'm saying? But they're the ones making the rules on that. <laughs> well, we know who they boss is. He don't have a clue, so I'm we know a, they don't I'm have joking. a clue. Don't give we me a sorry. Have, trying to have <laughs> fun. Look, is, we sorry. Get my <laughs> <laughs> you know I got sugar. Trying to get my pressure out. <laughs> So. But but yeah, Maggie's character, her story, her character arc, and it really for me the cool thing about this was every character has their own unique arc. They all have, you know, a place where they are. Then you learn where they come from, and then you see where they have to go. And each one of them has a very distinct character arc. As a writer, that was one of the things that intrigued me. Intrigued me about the project was mm-hmm. that you get to really help them along their journey. And each of them has a very distinctive um, story arc to, to, or character arc to, to kind of go through. It I was fun. It. it was a fun talk. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now, you know, go ahead, see. No, I was going to ask him, um, I want to get into the actual title of the show, and I'm definitely going to get caught up, and I'm sure it'll be caught up by next weekend when I visit Leash because that's my TV time. But you say mm-hmm. you've been married 28 years, right? Yes. And um, yes. I, I can kind of relate because I'm coming up on 26. Now, with the okay. title of this show <laughs> and all that it encompasses about relationships and, and sometimes the dysfunctional aspects of relationships, how have you, what have you taken away um, even after being married 28 years, that kind of just made your light bulb go off on relationships. You know what? More than anything else, because I think everybody that is in a relationship at some point asks themselves, you know, should I be in it? Or, you know, can I do different or better or, or whatever you're thinking? Um, mm-hmm. And watching these couples, at the end of their rope, and they were they're actually making a decision, okay, um, what are we going to do? Are we going to stay together? Are we not going to stay together? Um, my wife and I, you know, even when we've had our biggest issues, the, the question was never, are we going to be together or are we going to stay together? The question was, I mean, the, the statement was always, okay, well, we're committed to this relationship, so how do we work through this? And if anything, mm-hmm. it kind of reaffirmed that for me, that the problems that couples have, a lot of times we can have, you, know, you can take two different couples that have the exact same problem. One couple breaks up, the other couple doesn't. And the couple that doesn't, mm-hmm. they just have, they're just a little better at problem resolution. Or they are more firmly committed to the relationship in the sense that, okay, I'm in it, I'm going to make it work as opposed to I don't, I don't need this. Now, there are situations of abuse and, and things like that that, okay, no, you've got to get out. I mean, you've got to do whatever's going to make you whole and safe and things like that. But I think a lot of couples, mm-hmm. you know, have, have problems that can be conquered, but they know they have the out of divorce, so they consider it more mm-hmm. sharply. I think the only difference between me and those couples is that my wife and I didn't consider divorce as an option. You know, so we, we were mm-hmm. committed to working through the problem we've had. Mm. I love mm. that. that I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. I've had now, people say, 
you know, when they heard the title monogamy, shoot, I bet ain't going to be a whole bunch of monogamy going on in that thing. And when you think mm-hmm. about it, when you, when you force couples who are vulnerable or individuals, I should say, who are, who are vulnerable, romantically vulnerable or, or affection starved or things like that, and then you put something in front of them that is exactly what they think they need, um, it's kind of hard to not fall into, you know, a sense of love. But um, it really comes down to whether or not you are committed to staying in your relationship. And out of these four couples, you know, a couple of them were, were committed, you know, going into it. And some were like, well, let's play this thing out all the way and let's learn what we're supposed to learn and so on and so forth. And, and you know, I think you find some people giving in to more than they anticipated. And I think you see some people holding out more than they anticipated. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting that to me, the like, as a fan watching it, the couple that I was sure was going to break vows didn't break vows. And vice versa, you know. So it was fun for me mm-hmm. to watch, even though I helped write it. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think um, Kevin, this is still Tony. I think this type of show, and 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 especially the eye-catching title of it, no matter what uh, part of the spe- pendulum you swing on, it sparks conversation, and conversation mm-hmm. yeah. sparks communication. And I think that's one of the the one thing one key factor that is obviously missing in a lot of relationships because of the length of the relationship or the status of the relationship, you know, and, and yeah. you have to have that communication. And this definitely is a conversation starter. Yeah. And, and for some people, it's hard for some couples to watch because it hits too close to home. You know, I, um, mm. there were every one of these, every one of these women and they're so diverse, but I have dated every one of them, <laughs> you know, so I could see uh-huh. pieces of of characteristics that I was attracted to and didn't like in all four, you know, of these female characters. And the guys, you know, there are qualities that they have that I have. I mean, Dallas, you know, the, is a detective. Uh, well, I was a firefighter for 12 years, so I'm very – I have kind of a hero complex still, and so is he. Um, uh-huh. And y- your arrogance, quite honestly, when you have that kind of complex, can carry over into other aspects of life, and you become not as effective a communicator. So uh-huh. I've had that issue. Connor, um, the Connor character was, um, was played by Darius yeah. Prairie. Uh-huh. Um That character had a you know a, a dark you know kind of criminal past. He was, he was trying to run from really trying to run from his past by running from himself. Exactly. Well, you know, I was born and raised in Compton, so I, you know, I came up in some, you know, oh, I got to admit, though, my, my neighborhood was not what you would, you know, see in, like, a movie, but you didn't have to go far, and I was, you know, surrounded by, you know, negative elements, and I could have, you know, gone left instead of right, but there is a degree of street that I have that I have to suppress in my everyday business world because that, that me is a, is a scary individual and I'm intimidating enough to society. The last thing you need to see mm-hmm. is, you know, how dark I can actually be if I need to go there. So I spend most of my days trying to suppress that inner content, you know, that inner thug. So mm-hmm. everybody else gets the, mm-hmm. you know, gets the, the more business, like more socially acceptable me. Um, Absolutely. The Sawyer 
is a fighter who wants to be a writer. Well, hell, I'm a fighter who is now a writer. <laughs> you know, his, his character arc is my life. I wasn't as I wasn't as cocksure as he was. I mean, it was kind of fun to write someone as as you know so self assured and cocky as he was because I wasn't that guy at all. Um, but we had uh-huh. that similarity, and and then Carson is a sensitive guy and kind of spiritual, and. You know, that is a lifelong journey for me. I mean, I've, I've had to kind of tone down my sensitivity because when I was a young guy, I was too sensitive. Um, and, you know, people, especially in a black man, if you're a sensitive man, people, you know, mark that as weakness. And then they try to, you know, they try to exploit it. And, yeah. you know, society has kind of hardened up my edges, but at my core, and only to the people who are closest to me, they know that I'm actually a very sensitive, very, you know, loving person. And Carson, uh, the, the Wesley Johnson character, was very much like that. So this this project was so relatable to me, and I think it's going to be relatable to a lot of people for the same reason. You will find aspects of yourself mm-hmm. in each of the characters. Now, um, I have to ask you guys a question. I know it's kind of goes against the, the norm. But have you both seen um, some of the episodes? I've seen all of them. Did he'll be identify? here next week, and we, we're going to watch. Okay. <laughs> now, do you identify with any of the women? Um, I would say uh, Vanessa's character, because she is, very independent and strong, and sometimes mm-hmm. our independence is our weakness, and we can be, can be too independent and too strong. And so, I would say Vanessa's character, a little mm-hmm. bit of Vanessa's character, and um, trying to think mm-hmm. of all the, yeah, I would say Vanessa's character. Now, okay. she is Wife 101. I call her Wife 101. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's the blueprint. She's she the, blue, she the blueprint, right? She bakes. Uh-huh. She does everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't watch any TV, Kevin. That's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to be Superwoman and TV watcher. I get it. Trust me. Man, my now, plate is overflowing. <laughs> yes. Now, here on Let's Chat, we like to do something fun um, okay. before our guests leave out the chat room. So, but we want to have you back on because we could probably talk to you for a whole two hours. Shoot. Oh, shoot. Don't get me, don't get me started. <laughs> we could. Okay, so I'm excited because, see, you, you got a pen, so that means that you're you're a writer. And so we always have these fun little things that I think you will do great on. We oh, had yeah, uh, I have to hmm. put the pressure on it. Yes, we <laughs> had uh I guess our number one person that we had on that kind of killed it is Marcinay France. We had her on. She killed it. Like she's like number one on the list. So we're gonna see if you can oh, and and an author t- uh named Blacktop. So those are the two top on the oh, list. Yeah. We do, we do okay, live who, who excerpts. Are the, who are the bottom two? 
That's what I'm doing. I just, I want to be that's better than the bottom stuff. two. That's, <laughs> we about to see. I think, I think black people. I don't even we, know what the quiz. I don't even know the quiz. Is this a quiz? Because, I mean, if it ain't, oh if it ain't God, black Jeopardy, I'm going to suck that. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> It's right up your alley. It's right up your alley. It's really creative. I'm excited to see what she got for you. So it's it's okay. a live excerpt. So it's a live scene that you would do. And so go ahead, T. I'm ready. Okay. All right, ready. <laughs> I can't. I can't, I can't believe he asked for the bottom two leash. That cracked hey. me. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh my god. That's the bottom two. Is T ready? Who cares about T? I'm the one with the hot seat. Creative juices flow instantaneous. That's why we do it, Kevin. And like right, we say, you're gonna do marvelous at it. But we want mm-hmm. you to take two of your favorite characters. And we want two characters. I won't put the pressure on and say it's your favorite. Take two characters from monogamy. I want to give you three props, and we want you to just give us a live excerpt. And your props are gonna be some baby oil, a straight jacket, and a whip. I, I think and I might do right this one. <laughs> really? Okay. And wait, wait, action. Okay. Oh wait, 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 wait on now. I'm still, I'm still working on the visual. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take your time because we want a good one. Because we want I, a classic I a Kevin Foster. I had a male and a female character. Okay. When you said baby oil, I, I kicked the male character right back out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, she just she said two now, characters. And let me let me refresh this now. You said you said baby oil, a whip, and the third was a straight jacket. A straight jacket. A straight jacket. Wow! <laughs> and from this, who did the? Okay, my question is, who did that chair scene? Who did the chair scene? That was actually Carson. Oh well, and... we need you to um no no who wrote it? Oh, I did. Oh well, hey, it's right up your alley. It's right That's up your alley. Let's go. <laughs> We ready. I thought it was until you threw the baby oil. I was like, wait a minute. Now, the baby oil is going to help you get out the straight jacket. That's kind of that's kind of. you got to give a twist to it. Okay. All right. And the worst thing, we'll hope they have a high pain threshold. Um. All right. Okay. If I had to choose a character from monogamy for these three ingredients for a scene, hmm. Okay, the character I would choose would be, uh, it would be Censoray, and that was Karen's character, and, mm-hmm. hmm, then I'm going to have to add her experimental couple uh, mate, and that would be Connor, and I think, okay. I think theirs was the most combustible. All right, so if, now, here's the question. I don't have to act this out, do I? You just, you just want an idea of how how I'd write. No, you gotta act them. it out. I have to act it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all did hear I'm a writer, right? I'm not an actor. All writers are actors. <laughs> no, they are not. You have to be. You're a visual actor. That's all. If we had actual talent, I wouldn't be writing. I'd be acting. 
if you have to sit down and write a book or you got to sit down and write your script, you're an actor because you got to give everybody a play. You got to give them their position, how they walking in the room, how they lead the room, all of that. You're an actor. Just read how just just verbatim how you would have them go through those motions with those props. You could just like walk walk us through them. Okay. If I here's the thing, since Ray and Connor, I think their relationship was the most combustible. Um, I think okay. they had the most passion, and it was they also were the were the most diligent at trying to not. Um, Mm-hmm. Break their situation. So their, their their sensual tension was the highest. Mm-hmm. So I could see Sensoray coming into Connor's room when he's got headphones on and just chilling. He's just relaxing, and she, I can see mm-hmm. her coming in and and him being awakened by her body weight on top of him. And he's got to be shirtless because Darius works out a ton anyway. So we got to give the ladies their eye candy. And I could see him asking her what's going on. I thought we were not going to go this route. And her just putting her fingers over her lips and saying, shush, as she breaks open the body, the baby oil and begins to massage him. And I could see him, as cool as his character is, putting the headphones back in so he could hear, the, so he could have his own soundtrack to this being pampered. Um after that, Sensoray's character is strong enough and and centrally powerful enough that I could see her coaxing him into um, the straitjacket. So I would have her lead him from the bedroom to another room that she's prepared. And the room would be empty mm-hmm. of all furniture and have candlelight only. And there would be like a futon, something low to the ground that she could sit him on. Um, she would help him out of his clothes, and then she would show him the straitjacket. And he'd be like, oh, no, 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 brothers don't get down like that. And she would just put her finger over her lips again, giving him that shush gesture, and she would walk towards him. Um, she would take off an article of clothing, which would – not only transfix his attention, but also make him a little more, a little more likely to, to to put some skin in this game. That means now he's got to invest if he wants to see where this thing is going to go. And he's intrigued by her body. So she, let's say she removes her top. She's still wearing a, a lacy bra, but she walks over with the straight jacket, and he reluctantly, but or apprehensively, but willingly puts his arms in it. She walks behind him, kisses his neck as she buckles uh, the buckle behind his back. Now he realizes that he has given up physical control and he tries to talk his way out of it. And she puts her hand over his mouth and sits him on the futon. As she lays him down, she straddles him, and now all of his resistance is gone. He's, he's down for it now. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So you see his expression change from apprehensive to uh, a little more accepting, shall we say, until she gets up and leaves him there. Now he's scared again. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> she comes back, and she's holding a riding crop, bendable with a little flat 
leather tip, and she bends it to show how flexible it is. And he's trying to, like, with his eyes, talk her out of using it. She walks over to him. She strokes it on the inside of his leg. She maybe gives him a little, a little light smack on the inner thigh because he's recoiling from it. But then she doesn't use it as a pain implement. She uses it as a pleasure implement. And she just brushes it across different areas of his lower body because his upper body is restrained. Um, she uses it to lift his chin when she wants to kiss him. And then she straddles him again, but this time she unbuckles his pants. And I'm going to stop it right there and let y'all finish it. Okay, so Woo! I got this question. <laughs> that, See, was hot, that, that was hot. That was hot. Right. You do all these screen, the screenwriting, and, you know, everybody got a book out. So we're going we gonna to put this out in the atmosphere. We need you to write a book. It could be an erotica. Um I'm quite sure it shouldn't take With you that long props. to put it together. <laughs> yeah, you could you could put the props in there for free. We're not gonna ask for no coin for that. But we need you to I need you to write a book. I need a book about you. And when August rolls around, I I'm actually considering um doing just that. I wanna take a couple of weeks and get away and actually start one because I've never written a book. I've only written screenplays. Um, but I am seriously considering it because you can write so visually. My problem is mm-hmm. the the way you write dialogue is so different mm-hmm. because you have mm-hmm. to write the exposition in a way that paints the picture. With exposition in the screenplay, you're talking more camera angles and you're thinking more budget. With a book, there is no budget, so it's 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 limitless, and you can make it as crazy mm-hmm. or as wild or as unique mm-hmm. as you as you want. The downside for me is it means I'm going to have to read more books so that I can understand the structure. And I am not the most patient book reader in the world, so that's a skill <laughs> that I'm going to have to to kind of, to kind well, of work through. Now, but good thing that you know us, right? So. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a resource out of my library and a clue. I mean, not a clue, but when when writing a book for uh, a reader, the thing mm-hmm. is that we run the movie in our head. So everything you write down, mm-hmm. we play it back in our head, and we paint the picture mm-hmm. of everything that mm-hmm. you're writing. So you're showing more and telling less. So in a book... When you say she seductively strokes his cheek, well, what was seductive about it? You know, in a book, you have to mm-hmm. say how, it, what was seductive. You have to show the seduction for us to be like, oh, man, and we feed off of that. Mm-hmm. A resource, a good resource is um, Immediate Fiction, and it's by mm-hmm. Jerry Cleaver. And I don't... um I don't read, like, the whole book, but I use it as, like, you know, those little small tabs, colorful tabs? I tab everything, Um, the Mm -hmm. things that I may have to explain to another author or um, something like that. You know, you want to – I always say lead with the conflict because Mm -hmm. with the reader – um, you have to really be able to get them, I want to say, within the first page because you have mm-hmm. to get them and you have to hold them. And so, and that's hard sometimes, depending on the person's pen. I don't think it would be hard for you. 
Because really, you can put it down. The way you put the excerpt together, I think that you, you it's like a shell, like an M&M shell, but you didn't put the peanuts in it yet. And so the peanuts is the, the passion and the, the action. You know, when they're having dialogue, there's action. So when they're talking, somebody's eyebrow is raising, somebody got a crease in the forehead, they're they moving mm-hmm. their hands, she got attitude, so maybe she's snipping her neck, you know, something like that. So I, I don't know, I'm excited. You just let us know if you need, like, beta readers. Mm-hmm. And me and T got you. T is the editor. She got that hardcore mm-hmm. red pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, you got it. You got it. Yes, it's right here. Alicia promotes. I edit. And, you know, you, you we also give, we're very critical. We have critical eyes as well as um, mm-hmm. it has to play back. Like we should say, we keep it in our heads. And when we close the book and pause, that movie's on pause. And when we open it up a day or two later, we go right back into action. So uh, I look forward to what your pen can create in a book. And um, like you said, like you said, we're right here to, to help you along the way, any way you may need it. But if you want well, a good, good source, you know, here, pick here's up immediate I, I wish you had told me, you know, you said baby oil, whip, and straight jacket. You said nothing about peanuts. If you had thrown in the peanuts, <laughs> I would have given you everything right up front. See? Well, you Y'all know what I, I always... Back, brother. <laughs> what I <laughs> say is... That'll be the next one. A book uh, is like uh, an uh, M&M shell. Like it's, some books come off when it's when you started. It's like the M and M shell. It's just a shell. You didn't put the chocolate on top. You know you don't have the peanut and the chocolate on the inside. None of that. It's just the shell. And then all the stuff that you add to it creates the M and M. And so that's a good resource to have. With peanuts. Mm-hmm. With I peanut. know y'all wanted. See, I would have said taser. See, she went with the whip. I would have went with the taser. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm glad I'm I'm glad we got her <laughs> that taser. <laughs> <Goodness. laughs> oh, you know, this whole thing this whole thing was pretty enticing until the taser part came in. You got some police issues you gotta work through. I would say taser in the blindfold. <laughs> well blind okay, blindfold I'm good with. I think you maybe have never used a taser before. Now you used a taser before. <laughs> okay, not like the because the taser are immobilizing. Then your body goes starts convulsing, and that's you use. You probably use like a little what do you call it, electric shock, a little electric wands, right? Mm-mm. The tens, I've used the, the taser before. I know what Girl. the taser does, but you know the taser is more like a see. Now Marcinay did a great job. So Marcinay is an actress. She came on our show, and uh-huh. she had the taser. And when she started, I thought we was watching Bold and Beautiful somewhere. She was, we was like, wait a minute, what channel was this on? <laughs> so apparently dude was cheating. And so she had the taser in her hand, and she was like, who is she? I was like, yeah, who is she? <laughs> Man. That was good. She was good, though, Kevin. She was good. She was good. I am just glad that I'm off the dating market when y'all start using tasers. Shoot, I mean, feathers, feathers were exciting in my day. <laughs> y'all got tasers? Woo, I'm going to go, I still like this thought, I'm going to go hug my oh wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, baby, for taking me off the market, because these girls out here using tasers as sexual implements nowadays. Good oh, man. Oh, funny stuff. <laughs> 
Uh, but thank you so much for sharing that and, and, and going along with our creative juices with that live extra. It was great, actually. I loved it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to have to bring some sharper implements next time. I'm, you watch, you come back next time, I have a rock launcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a See, Kevin, Kevin, you don't know. It'll it'll be it'll be a whole new different scenario next time. We're gonna have that book. We're gonna be ready for the book. We're gonna be in reader mode. We're gonna be like, so this book now, Kevin. Um, when when we gonna be waiting for that thing? Now we we waiting on that. So when can we one click it? When will it be ready? <laughs> we gotta let the masses know. As well as our listeners, they they're ready too. See, I, I thought my little chair seat was, you know, I had to tone that down from where I really wanted to take it. But now, see, I, they they going to be scared of me next time. That's why I said you, you got an erotic pen because that chair scene was everything. Because her strength, see, we running out of time. That chair scene was everything. Because she is so strong and independent. See, she has uh-huh. trust issues being able to trust somebody. And but yep. the way he did it was so smooth that yep. she was too curious. Yep. He yep. got her curiosity <laughs> for her to be like, let me see what he's talking about. But then when she flipped it on him, I was like, girl, that's right. Yeah. See, <laughs> where your taser at, girl? Get your taser. <laughs> I know it. But can we, like Lisa said, before we run out of time, I want you to shout out your yeah. social media handle so our listeners can follow you. I don't want them oh, to get please. cut off with it. <laughs> The the most important one for me is is uh, my Instagram handle, which is Kevin Wrights, like W R I T E S. Um, mm-hmm. the, I was surprised at how important that kind of stuff is. So yeah, thank you for um, for mentioning that. But yeah, Kevin Wrights on welcome. Instagram is the is the most important okay, one. Okay, I me. started following. I started following you today, so uh, you got another one in me, Miss Tony. <laughs> okay, all right, and yeah, then I, I'm sure. Um, Yours will come with links to like Tasers R Us and some other some other some other non lethal sexual <laughs> aids. Yeah, see, we're gonna be looking forget. for those props in your upcoming shows. We're gonna Lisa and I are gonna be paying attention. We're gonna be gonna like, get yeah, on the, the monogamy train. But don't forget you can resource. Get- when you start writing your book in August. Make sure you can get it on Amazon. It's called Immediate Fiction. It goes through mm-hmm. story craft, creative process, because you, you yeah. got to self-edit it. It does a little coaching. You've got the time management down because that's what you do. Um, but it talks about everything, everything well, that you need. it's going to help my screenwriting. Yes, it is. It's going to help <laughs> your screenwriting, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except you guys are give me more to edit now. That's the, you know, my directors are going to hate it, but, yeah, I'll be a better writer. But you still, every writer Absolutely. has to edit. You have to edit it before you give it to them. Yeah, but you know what? Editing for me is the hardest part. I mean, because I love every word I write. So when you take some out, it's like plucking a nose hair one at a time. <laughs> got to have a plan B. But see, this is the thing. You got to think of, I've, I, I've never done a screen play, so I've never done like mm-hmm. the screenwriting, but like a book, a book is like a puzzle. So what you have in chapter one, may not it may not flow, however, mm-hmm. it's not like you have to scrap the whole thing because you may be able to put it somewhere else. So, no, I hear you. Huh? And in, and, in screen, and in screenwriting, sometimes decisions get made for you that have nothing to do with creativity. It could be a budget decision, you know, uh-huh. like we had, mm-hmm. yeah, there was a scene, well, I don't want to take up all your time, but there was a there was a scene in Monogamy where where 
we literally had to change it because at, we ran out of time and, and, and couldn't actually destroy the car that we were going to destroy. We were going to show it outside. Mm-hmm. And so we had, to, we had to do it kind of inside with sound effects. And it changed it changed the way the scene was written because I couldn't have Darius's character go outside and help her destroy the car. Mm. So, mm. That car scene was everything. So that was the different the, the ones where you had them go to the store at the same store and yeah, that was everything because yeah. they was in the car and them the ones that you would think would be mentally strong they were the weakest in their mind. Yep, yep, because they were the ones that needed the most amount of control. And you know, you put them in a situation where they don't have control, and they kind of freak out. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually, a- absolutely. Yeah. We got to get you back in here. We got to get you back in here. We we know you're Happy gonna be writing, time. and we waiting for season two. We need Netflix to get on their job and get that going. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I need to get down to the gun <laughs> shop, get some tasers, some pepper spray. <laughs> And don't forget the baby oil in the straitjacket and the blindfold. I got to get my non-lethal sex game up, apparently. And in the blindfold. You can get a TENS unit. (laughs) (laughs) We can, we can, hey. And if you and if you need us on the set to help direct, we just 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 let us know. We'll be right there. Just let us know, right? If you need some assistance, you need some people to just. Give you some ideas. Yep, we full of them. We got you. Well, the funny thing is, mm-hmm. I've been married twenty seven years, so I got a tens unit blindfold on that stuff. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you don't laugh. You don't laugh this long when I get a little crazy. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but thank you so much, Kevin, for joining me, Alicia, tonight. We truly appreciate you carving some time out of your your very busy schedule and sharing and it with us holiday. here on Let's Yes. Yeah. Well, it was an honor. It was literally an honor and a pleasure. Um, I so appreciate you guys having me on. It was more fun than I anticipated, and scarier in some <laughs> other ways. <laughs> but, but, but I would love to come back. Yeah, we got we have more to talk about. We definitely do. We definitely do. But we're gonna have you. At, we gonna we want you in the book when you got the book too. So by the time okay. you got the book ready, season two should be on the way. So we could talk about season two. We could talk about your book release. We just we just got you doing so much stuff. There's some more projects coming. There's a lot of things in the works. I'm just trying to keep them. Just trying to keep my head above water right now. And yep, and your next screenplay will be picked. Your, your next screenplay that's gonna be picked up. It's gonna be a show on stars. Yep, we just we just putting it on out there. Well, yeah, from your mouth that's to right. God's ears. I, I hope he's listening. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> Always listening, but this is your home, Kevin. Anytime you wanna, you wanna share anything with your your followers, you know, just hit us up. We'll make it happen. And uh, all our listeners, check out Monogamy on Netflix, season one. Season two is in the making. Please so do. thank you so in much. In fact, if you if you go to the UMC website, use the discount code uh-huh. Monogamy UMC, and you'll get a thirty day free trial, so they can see it for free now. Ooh. Oh. Y'all hear that? Y'all can watch Monogamy for free. Yep, mm-hmm. they can binge watch all six episodes because they're all out there. And, and we're going to need awesome. ten episodes for season two. We're going to need more than six. Six wasn't <laughs> enough. We we need ten. We need ten episodes on that next go-round. Either that or hour-long <laughs> episodes. I'm fine either way. Yes, an hour. That'll work. That's what I'd like. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. That's out of my head. We'll see. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. 
We will see, but we appreciate you coming and kicking with us on your holidays. Thank you so very much. We had a great time. We can't wait to have you back in here, so you got to keep us posted on your comedy shows and all the things that you have going on so that we can support you. When your book is ready, let Mm -hmm. us know. You need some beta readers, let us know. We're here. Our eyes are your eyes. (laughs) All right. I appreciate y'all. You have no idea. Thank you so much. You are more than welcome. You're very welcome. welcome. You, you have, have a great, great evening and enjoy the fireworks. I will. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank have a great you. day. You too. Okay. Bye now. <laughs> oh, see, that was, that so, was fun. so much fun. Yeah. That was so fun. Yeah. Why did I tell Marcinay that she, like, she's still number one? That whole scene, I felt like I was walking into the boat in the beautiful somewhere. I thought it was a show. Marcinay is still number one. Wait, but, but but you know what, Nish? Kevin bought but it. But you know what? He if, bought that shell action. If, if we can get him and Marcinay together, that would be yes. fireworks. He, that yes, would be he could awesome. Put it, he could put it together, and she can build it on and play it out. That would be hot. Yes. Because I think she could do it. Like, with his creativity, and he can paint the shell for uh-huh. her, and then she can go ahead on and put it together. I think that would be hot. Put, put that peanut in. <laughs> I think that would be hot. I think because she would be able to play that out, and she would be able to do it. She has so much character. I love her so much, but she's uh-huh. going to be on but Love see, he'll Is. he'll be ready. Yes, she's he'll on be Love ready Is, for guys. The next time, so. Because now he's, he, cause he's had a taste of what it is that we do here on Let's Chat. So he'll be ready the next time. He'll, he'll be ready. He'll, he'll be, be ready. having that uh, hardcore peanut shell. <laughs> he's going to be ready. Now, I don't know what. Uh, what part of Love Is she's going to be on But I make sure I keep everybody posted We're going to have mm-hmm. him back on the show Can't wait till his book comes out You know we just saying he having a book We we just putting it all, that thing on out there We just going to put it on out there So that That's right. uh, put it out there. Just comes around He like y'all guess what I got And we're going to be like really <laughs> mm-hmm. We ready We ready. I we can't ready. wait Def- Definitely Definitely. But we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight on your July 4th holiday. Nisha and I had a great time with our special guest, Mr. Kevin Foster, one of the writers of Monogamy. Check him out on Netflix. And he actually gave us the link that you guys can get a get the binge watch. Netflix for free Good. for 30 days. We got the link where you can binge watch the show. So make sure you guys watch our mm-hmm. social media so that we can put that link up there. You guys can get your watch on because that series is going to be a hot, hot series. Everybody is going to want to watch it. Netflix is about mm-hmm. to make some money. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate well, great everybody. Leash. Absolutely. Thanks, T, for, for doing the show on the holiday. We appreciate you guys kicking in with us on the holiday. We don't have any shows for the rest of the week. We will see you guys next week. We got fabulous shows next Wednesday and Thursday. We have um, Blue Kimball next Thursday as well as um, mm-hmm. Xavier. We have him back. I got to get new music for him. Um, so I'm excited. Me too. For Xavier Lewis is going to be on the show. We got, um, oh, God, we got some great, great shows coming up for the month of July, y'all. Um, I just confirmed, uh, well, K 
Kimbella Roby Lawson. She has a new book coming out on the 31st of July, mm-hmm. and we will actually have her in mm-hmm. the chat room on the 26th. We got the 19th. Y'all want to bring y'all pens and papers? We're going to be looking into images, everything. We're going to be talking about brands. We got some hot, hot literary guests on. We're excited. We got we got a lot of people coming into the chat room. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for your support. If you missed this uh, interview, no worries. Just go back and check out our archives here at blogtalk.com. You can also catch us on iTunes or any podcast app. We will see you guys next week. We appreciate you guys, and have a great Fourth of July. Good night, everybody. Yeah.